0: Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows.
1: Welcome to the podcast. <laughs>
2: Hello Tachow and Apukawasamuk, Kelvin here, and you're now listening to the Epic Arcade Podcast. Well, this is not just your usual Epic Arcade podcast. This is the Epic Arcade Podcast that is powered by Asus Malaysia. We have a special four-part episode for you in collaboration with Asus Malaysia, starting with episode one. This episode, we talked to Dylan Chong. He is the country product manager of Asus Malaysia, and we'll be talking about gaming mouses, gaming keyboards, gaming headphones, and so much more. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode, guys.
3: You're listening to the Epic Arcade Podcast Where we talk about all things gaming Sometimes in gaming Kelvin, Afek, take it away
4: Okay, okay. so something like okay. You like a bigger size yeah. Because you have big hands Yep, okay. And I prefer smaller size of mouse you because know what I they have...
5: say about big hands, right? Mm. You use bigger mouse, ah? Huh? Big mouse yeah, big mouse.
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. My,
2: my mouse is quite, uh? yeah. mm. quite big, Yeah My mouse is also quite big, yeah
5: What's up, Dylan? Hi,
4: guys. Welcome How to the How are you, man? Hi, fine. First question: Are you a gamer?
6: <laughs>
2: yes,
4: <laughs> absolutely. What What kind of games do you play? Black Desert Online.
2: Whoa! Oh, uh, which one is that? Uh. It's a Korean. If I'm kidding, yes, it's a Korean one. Uh, Black Desert uh. is also Black Desert is also doing this new game called uh, Dokapi. I think recently,
4: like okay. Recently, they done a lot of new event, create create yeah, new yeah, stuff, yeah. keep on like... update update and update.
2: Something like what Genshin is doing.
4: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always has Genshin, been updated. Genshin, right? uh, Dota 2, right. even PUBG. Have you heard of
2: New World's... New oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Before I ask that question, since you're playing an MMO, I have a question for you. Yeah. You are a working adult,
4: right? Yeah. You work 9 to
2: 5, right? Yes. How do you find the time to play MMO?
4: What's special about this MMO is like you can just leave it on. Okay. Or be auto-run, then you oh. minimize it. Wow. Yeah. We, they, they have one feature, we call it like live skill. Okay. okay. so something like farming. Then right. you just leave auto, the Auto-farming, auto yeah, Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, that's that's kind then of cool when you interesting. Had, uh then when you have the time to grind, like, mm-hmm. like we say in you know, like killing monster, mm-hmm. keep kill on grinding and stuff, uh when you when you have the free time to play, then you can do that kind okay. of like activity. Okay. Or maybe like PvP or, or guild war, clan war, okay, something like right. that. Okay. Uh
2: oh, that's pretty cool, man. I I never had time to find I never had the time to find time. To play MMOs, yeah, anyway. MMO yeah. I think I
5: played MMO RPGs like a long time ago. It's been a
2: while since uh, I played. My two favorite MMO. One is Ro. Mm. All right. Yes. The second one is World of Warcraft.
5: Wow. Yeah, but we 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 have a lot of friends who still grind WoW.
2: Yeah. Every night makes you want to go wow, right? <laughs> makes you kind of makes, makes, makes go, you go wow. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 we're not here to talk about games, all right? Mm, On this yeah. Epic Arcade Specials, we have Dylan here from ASUS Malaysia, yeah, yeah. and we'll be talking about gaming peripherals, right? something that I am kind of obsessed with, right? Right. So peripherals, including gaming mouse, gaming keyboards, gaming headphones, and everything else could be considered peripherals, right? Even yes. mouse mouse pad. Yes. What is the most weirdest gaming peripheral? you would say?
4: Mm. I have an
2: answer, but I'll let you answer first.
4: The weirdest one. Uh.
2: yeah. For me, it's a finger condom.
4: <laughs> oh, the, the grip, the, yeah. the glove, yeah, the I, finger I, glove.
2: They, they call it glove, la, but I don't yeah. call it glove. La. It's a finger condom. Just, 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 just <laughs> well, be honest. What, what, what is that for? <laughs> it's for mobile. Mobile. Oh, gamers. for you. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so it, it, it only comes in the form of your thumb and your index finger. Finger, right, and I'm assuming the index finger is for you to grip your phone so your 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 phone won't slip, right. And the thumb is for, yeah, for movement. Uh, sure la. On screen, yeah. <laughs> if that's what you want to use it for, lah.
5: Right, right. I'll tell you a weird one that I that I think is 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 strange, and unnecessary. Mouse cord bungees.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. I was keep on thinking the the. The name for it. The name for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
5: it's the mouse called Bungee. I yes. think is unnecessary. Oh, <laughs> you know what it is,
4: is? This is for for you to
2: guide your your mouse cable. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
5: it's your mouse cable, so that it's lifted off the ground, and it's supposed to
2: help with the mobility and make it feel like it's a wireless mouse. Right. Oh, that's kind of ridiculous. In Chinese, <laughs> we have a saying for this, you know, which I can't really say on the show. It's called D D L Y. Anyways, mm. talking about gaming peripherals, let's start off with gaming mouse. Something right. that. Everyone has to use whether you're a gamer, you're not a gamer, you need a mouse. When it comes to making a decision to buy or use a mouse, you know, we have to we have to struggle with choosing like do you want a claw grip? Do you want a palm grip? You know, you want wired, wireless, mm-hmm. the value of DPI, mm-hmm. you know, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. With your knowledge, what makes a good mouse
4: great? First of all, I would like to say, like for gaming peripherals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you won't have one, um, one mouse or one model, one size fit for all. Right. Okay. So for gaming peripherals, like it's like you're wearing a shirt, right? Okay. So maybe you're M, maybe I'm S. So there aren't like one size right. fit for all. Right. Okay. okay, for gaming peripheral, it depend individually. Right. Okay. okay. So something like okay. you like a bigger size, yeah, because you have big hands. Yep. Okay. And I prefer smaller size of mouse because you know what I see have...
2: about big hands, right? Mm. You use bigger mouse. Ah? Big mouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my mouse is quite 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 big. Ah. Yeah. Mm. My mouse is quite big. Yeah. Okay. I guess
5: a similar concept exists mm. in um motorsport,
6: mm-hmm.
5: especially in like F one racing. The seat of your car is molded to your shape. It's like
2: customized to the driver's. Correct. Oh, so wow. what they do is they
5: mold your the shape of your body when you're sitting down in the car, mm-hmm. and that gives you the optimum fit for your F1 car.
6: Right. And okay. I think
5: that concept applies to gaming peripherals because when you're moving, when you're playing a game, it's a lot of like reaction-based stuff, and your peripherals need to be an extension of yourself. Whether it's the keyboard, whether it's the mouse, whether it's the headset, everything needs to be optimized for. Your usage and your, um, and, and your body
2: and the way that you use it. I think that's a pretty freaking cool. You just gave me, concept. gave me an amazing idea, which I'm gonna give it to ASUS for free. You guys should make a campaign, right, mm. for a mouse where you get people to to 3D mold their grip size, mm-hmm. and then 3D print the casing and fit it to any ASUS mouse that that you guys have. Wow, you're giving that to ASUS for free, for free. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a genius idea. Imagine imagine having a campaign to say that we will make the perfect mouse for you. Right. 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 And all you have to do I is like just, just go to the event, mold or like scan your grip right. and they'll 3D print it for you. Right. And you just have to switch the case. Right. Right? I don't think anyone mm. else have, have, have done that. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's a genius idea. <laughs> so, yeah. so, okay. Anyways, uh, what kind of mouse do you use personally?
4: Okay uh for me okay I would like prefer like uh smaller size mouse right. okay okay cause uh first of all I'm more into like fps uh okay. gaming okay okay, okay. fps mm-hmm. game like pubg some sort like that okay, okay? okay. so you are talking to the right people mm. yeah so like personally myself like for fps you need a smaller size okay okay lightweight okay, okay? cause when you aim that time you keep on flick here and there, right? So, lightweight is very important. So, uh, so you won't get fatigued. Your okay, hand won't yeah. get fatigued so fast. So, that's why why right now every um mouse on the market mm-hmm. is all about lightweight, lightweight, yeah. lightweight. I Emphasize this on this. I actually
2: dislike yeah. that, you know. Okay, before we go there, how do you grip your... your I'm a palm mouth? grip. Dylan, what about you?
4: Mm, myself, I like to grip like this. Okay, that's a claw grip. A claw grip. Claw
2: grip. Yeah. I'm a claw grip guy. Mm. One thing about claw gripping on a small lightweight mouse mm. is that you tend to miss a lot. Right. Because because, because you overshoot. Yeah, I like a bulkier, bulkier heavier mouse. I, I don't know. I find it easier to flick with a heavy mouse than, than a lightweight mouse.
4: Mm. Yeah, that's uh, pros and cons. Mm. Like if the mouse is too lightweight, mm-hmm. okay, you need to train your muscle memory to yeah. adapt to the lightweight kind of style like mouse, okay? Then only you won't overshoot. But as I say, depends personally. Let's say you're I'm okay with lightweight, but you're not okay with what with mm. lightweight. Okay. Not to say like heavy you can't play. You can play also. You can aim very well as well. Okay. But maybe the cons is you your hands might get fatigued right. faster than mine. Uh, okay okay mm, not to say like oh i use lightweight. i aim better than you i my rq I, I my qd ratio are better than you no no such thing the skill is almost the same as long as you adapt to the mouse
2: yeah i i, I definitely agree with that because yeah. like once you let's just say you go to your friend's house and hey, bro can i just play for a while mm. and you try out their their peripherals you mm. know the placement of the keyboard the placement of the mouse yes the shape of the mouse you tend to suck for the first few games, you know, because you're so not used to it. Like your brain is it tel- telling that you don't suck, hmm. but something is wrong. Yeah, you know, and, and I definitely think it 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 plays into like uh what what you say muscle memory. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So when it comes to like mice,
5: right? Hmm. I want to bring the attention to um a gaming mouse, uh, or rather gaming mice, that is under ROG ACES, right? There are, you know, when we're when we're talking about like mice, the ROG mice, gaming mouse, there are functions and features about, you know, the particular mouse that is marketed heavily, right? And I kind of just want to understand the idea behind it. So one of it is like the ROG micro switch. Can you talk to us about what what that is? Okay,
4: like uh, the ROG micro switch, okay, is one of our. ROG own manufactured optical switch. Okay. Right. O- instead switches, okay. of using other brands manufacturer. Okay. Okay. So okay. Before, this like. Be,
2: before we go into that, can yeah. you describe what a micro optical switch is? Okay. Yeah, what what does it do? I think. Yeah.
4: yeah. O- okay. One of it, uh instead if if it is we're talking about the micro switches, okay. One of the features is it uses uh, optical light to detect the clicks instead of mechanical movement. Oh, right. So, when you're using optical instead of mechanical movement, less wear and there. Right. Then, your lifespan will be higher.
2: Right. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. To my understanding, it's not mechanical anymore. It's uh, optical meaning that it's detectable by laser or
5: something along the line. Yes. Okay, now now I have a question. Hmm. If it's detected via lasers, mm-hmm. is the sound
2: when you click fabricated? Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay what, mm. what, what? I think Afik is trying to say is like okay, because it's detectable by light or, or laser, for example, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you click on the mouse, it it always has that clicky sound, right? Yeah. Yep. Can I can I borrow your mouse real quick? Sure. Okay, okay. Mm. So for the audiences out there, like like the sound. Okay. Yeah. Is mm. is this sound fabricated? meaning that it's only made for the sake of having this sound or, or does
5: that sound have a function uh, this... because usually hmm. I'm, okay so let me let, let me clarify this hmm. i am i am comparing it to like a, me- a mechanical keyboard a mechanical keyboard when you click it has a sound mm-hmm. because of the moving mechanical parts within the actual keyboard right and then when you when when you have a mouse that has a mechanical connection Mm-hmm. Then it also makes that sound because that's the sound of the of the two things coming together, but since it's, but since your newer newer mice do newer mice, how do I do this? Uh, decipher data through light. Mm-hmm. There would actually be no need for that click, but is that click added in for the experience or is there a function to it?
4: Uh, actually, the clicks, right? Mm-hmm. Based on my understanding, is the click is due to the mechanics. Is on the mechanics because you I need see. to you need to click it, it is, then it bounce back.
2: I'm I'm assuming there's still a spring. Yes. Right? Yeah. That pushes something. it back to its original form after you click
4: yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. And
5: that's what the clicking sound is. Yep.
4: <gasps> yeah. So I think that sound is like unintended. Right. But that's the nature of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But I like it. I mean, it's it's
2: yeah. one of my favorite sounds in the right. world. Right. To be mm. honest, like the yeah. sound of mouse it's, clicking. It's it's just like the the sound it's of so like satis- a satisfying. like a blue keyboard mechanical switch. Yeah, yeah. It... yeah. Right. Mm. Speaking about switches, okay. I have a challenge for you. Okay. You guys have the push fit switch socket too. Okay. I challenge you to say it five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, because I had to do it <laughs> push fit switch socket 2 push fit switch
4: push fit switch socket 2
5: okay since since we can't say it five times fast mm-hmm. maybe Dylan you can you can just tell us what it's about <laughs> what is what's the push fit switch socket 2 Yeah, push of, fit and, okay so so I I, I understand so- that it's the world's first push fit switch is that right
4: Yes. Okay. Mm.
5: Developed by Asus. Yes. Okay. So walk us through what that is.
4: Okay. To make it uh, easier, la, like, okay, push switch, switch socket 2. Okay. This name is quite long. It's a, it's and a mouthful. La. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a mouthful. It's mouthful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make it simple. Hot swap. So, okay. Hot swap switch. Okay. Yeah.
2: So. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Meaning that yeah. I can hot swap the clickiness? Yes. And the, of the mouse. So that's it's like a mechanical level. keyboard, but for mouse. Yes. Okay, I have a lot of, I have a lot of questions. But that's mm. that's that's pretty
5: I'm just gonna say that's pretty next level. That's pretty I... good. <laughs> mm. That's the kind of customized customizability that you don't actually get in a lot of other
2: yeah. mice. More reasons why my idea makes sense. You know? You can customize the switches, you can customize the mold. May- may- maybe you can make the
5: left click less clicky than the right click because you mm. like it that way. Is that is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Like, like you know, just the yeah, grip. Yeah, the whole thing is customizable, yeah. right? And then you can customize
2: the grip as well as how yeah. clicky the
5: left and right click is. That'd be cool,
2: man. <laughs> that that will really be cool.
4: Yeah. Anyways, yeah, going okay. back to the push fit switch socket too. Mm-hmm. I make it simple. Hot swap, okay? Okay. Right. So, it's like one of the DNA from uh, ROG Asus. Okay. Right. Okay. This is one of the feature that uh, keep on emphasize. This is mm-hmm. uh, our dna right. of it okay okay so far i did not see that uh, any other brands that have this kind of function okay so for the mouse the most wear and tear of it is the left click and right click only makes sense yeah because you click a lot yeah. on these two buttons yeah. right so as you click a lot of these two button these two button will be the one that uh suffers the most. Ah uh, okay. Faster to to get spoiled. Okay. 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 So in the community, a lot of people's like uh complaining about this uh double kick issue. Yeah. So it's like the switch malfunction has malfunction. Right. Okay. But once the switch has malfunctioned, your whole mouse is like you can throw Pretty away. Pretty much unusable. Unusable yeah. already. Yeah. So Asus has invented this kind of a hot swap feature on it, so that in event you you have a two uh, advantages for using a uh, hot swap. Okay, okay. Yeah. is when when it's hot swappable. First of all, you let's say scenario one, it gets spoiled. Let's say my left kick spoiled mm. already. Mm. Okay, I can just swap it out yeah. to another switch. Yeah, which is this switch that uh, you can buy it from. Uh, any, online any distributor or the online store uh, okay you just look for like uh mouse uh, uh push fit, switch socket too is it easy no, to the, find uh you can search it on online like shopee lazada okay okay, okay. okay. you can custom model okay right okay yeah you can just find the switch like uh mouse switch okay practically okay. something like uh, one of it is uh, the the most famous is omron uh. yeah cause omron is famous for uh Doing switches. Right. Okay. 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 Not only for mouse, but all of other electronics. Okay. Okay. So, first scenario, if you if you get spoiled, you can just swap it out. Okay. Then it will be good as new already. You no need to buy a new mouse. So so
2: in instead, okay, so when your mouse rolls up,
4: yes. instead of changing the whole
2: mouse, yes. you change the switch. Yes. And on top of that, you can also quote unquote customize the switch as well on how clicky or how not clicky you want it
4: this to be. This is what I'm going to explain on scenario 2. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's say scenario 2. Uh by default maybe you don't like this. uh this uh, actuation force. Okay. Right. You feel that this click That's is the kind of That's a word for it. actuation force, yeah. Yes. You feel like it's very really kind of like very Hard okay. Yeah. You want a softer click. You can just swap it out. You just go online, buy a, a another actuation force, yep. a lighter actuation force, switches, and then you just hot swap it.
5: And how easy is it is is it to switch it out? You just, just take out the outer just, the top shell. Yeah, the bottom?
4: just there's a there will be a two screw from uh the bottom side of the mouse. Okay. okay. Just take out the rubber grommet and unscrew it. Then the whole shell will pop up. Ah, mm. and okay, then question. Yeah, question. Can you
2: only switch the left click and the right click? What about mouse three and mouse four, and like
4: the wheel? Uh Would so be far good if you can change the wheel, man. Yeah, so far is uh left and right click. Right. Okay,
5: yeah. okay. I guess because those two are the ones that are most likely to, yeah, to,
4: yes. to break la. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh two of these is uh hot swappable. so you can change to another few. Something right. like, right. okay, right now I'm playing like uh, FPS game. So FPS game, I want it to be like a uh, harder actuation force right. so that I won't miss fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't accidentally click it. Yeah. But when it comes to like um, maybe like I'm playing uh, Dota 2. Mm-hmm. Right. So you keep on right-clicking to move the hero, right? Yeah. So from that time, if you're using a very hard actuation, you feel like you your your fingers right, are tight. Okay. Yeah, it, you can, know, you,
5: can you imagine Can I hmm. finish my sentence? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, can yeah. you imagine <laughs> Can you imagine how much
2: of a serious gamer you have to be mm-hmm. if you have different switches for different games you're playing? Dude, you don't understand that man because because that is a actual thing, but not for mouse. I know for DIY mechanical keyboard right. people, dude right. they they actually go into each each keys. Right. The, have you seen people making DIY keyboards? I think I've seen a video once. They actually can change the WASD button to something else. Right. It's like the the entire board is customizable.
5: Yeah, I'm just thinking like, can you can you imagine just you're playing like you're playing Apex right now, then you have like you have the harder switches yeah. on your mouse, and then and then after that you're gonna play Dota with your other bunch of friends,
2: and then they're waiting for you, and you're like, hold on, I gotta change my switch. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny? You what? saying that right? the only person I can think of that would do that is you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I had another ingenious idea again. Right. You know, since you can hot swap the keys, right? Right. Why not hot swap the sound of the keys? You know, so so, so of... Like <laughs> <laughs> so instead of like click, click, click. Right. Why not just to pew, pew, pew? <laughs> Every... Pew.
5: <laughs> okay. Hmm. Kel. Just uh, drink more of your coffee, please. You're, you're... Dude, it'd be cool. I'm you're, just saying. You're, I'm you're just saying. Making,
2: you're, yeah, you're not making any sense. I'm, I'm just saying. It would be cute. It would be. Cu- <laughs> it would be cu- I was about to say cute. You'll be cute. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on. All right. Moving on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no. No. Okay. Can okay, I know you have more questions about? So so when when we're talking about hot swappable switches, right? Yeah. Uh, like keyboards. Uh, let's just take the MX Cherry for example. We have the blue, green, brown, black, red. Is there, is there any significant d- differences for the ACES sw- switches? Like, do you have different switches for, like, the
4: clickiness of it? So, like, if you search through online, okay, there's a lot of uh, Omron different models. Mm-hmm. So, one of it, like, uh, what, D2FC, this yeah. kind of code, lah.
5: D2FC, F7N.
4: Yes. So, different model have different actuation force. I believe if you give it a couple of
2: years, they definitely will will come up with something similar to the the keyboard MX Cherry switches, for example.
5: I think I think the reason why like the whole Cherry MX thing has come out with color identification is probably because there's a bigger market for for mechanical keyboards to be hot swappable. Yeah. But the market for for mice to be hot to have hot swappable um, switches switches is not yet. Yeah. As um, as large as as it is for like keyboards, yep. but I think I agree with you. Th- th- as yeah. we progress mm-hmm. and as hot swappable switches for mice, you know, becomes a a a, a norm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think there might be like yeah. different companies that will come up with yeah, because in the interesting market, switches. It, mm. Because in the market now, you are you are able to buy like hundred percent DIYable keyboards. Right, and I believe so you can buy different parts and DIY yeah. your own keyboard. Right? Yeah, so so the keyboard comes in like a a naked body, yep. without any keys. So you 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 have to basically build each individual keys and then plug it in, right? And you can kind
5: of print whatever you want on them. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like you can customize your your keycaps, Yeah, but I believe if uh, manufacturers like ASUS follow this route, in a couple of years, I believe uh, in a in a couple of years, I think that this heavily customizable
4: mouse would definitely be a thing in the market. Right. Right? Okay. So ROG always emphasize on user customizability. Yeah. Okay. So ROG has been keep on uh right. deliver. Right. Provide to the okay. to the to the market.
5: Um I have a question about user customizability for ROG, right? Mm. The thought process for ROG being customizable, did it come from the idea of the team or were there like surveys or research done based on your purchasing data where ROG has decided that based on what people actually want um in the market people want customizability where did that come from
4: um mostly all of the um companies or mm-hmm. brands okay we listen to the community right so let's say right now the trend what community wants then uh we try to uh, deliver that right we try to do that uh, so it's all about like trend okay you can call it like like a fashion. Ah. Okay. okay okay maybe this year the 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 trend is black right mm-hmm. uh, there will be a lot of black right uh, something right. like that okay. so we listen to the community to, okay. the, to the gaming community
5: yeah if you think about it like a lot of games right now that are trending are like Fps games hmm not just FPS, um, shooter games, mm-hmm. yes. Fortnite, Warzone, Apex. And I think that has led this trend for lightweight mice. Yeah. Yes,
2: that, that definitely makes make sense too. I have a thing for mousepad, okay? And the brand of mousepad that I have, they like they, they like to highlight a lot of different types of mouse. Mousepad, you know, is it like uh, anti-fray, you know, optimal aesthetics, uh, the DPI that it catches, right? Mm-hmm. Some mousepad are good for flicking. Some mousepad are more for control. Can you talk to me a bit about the design of mousepad? Like, like if I'm an FPS guy, what kind of mousepad do I have to get? Or if I'm a mobile kind of guy, what kind of mousepad do I have to buy? Because the, the size don't matter when it comes to
4: mousepad, right? It Size matter actually. Yeah. See,
2: size always matter. Size... Okay, so
5: the, the, the reason why I think size matters is it also depends on the DPI that you use.
2: Yeah. I use like 800 DPI mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. And I need a big mouse pad. Yeah. You know, but I also have friends that use low DPI, but their mouse pad is like the yeah. the, the the standard sekolah size mouse yeah. pad. Yeah. You know, but the, we, the two but we two. are
5: not experts. So what does the expert say about mouse pad sizing?
4: For mousepad, the trending size will be the very big and long. Okay. Like ninety by forty? Uh mostly covers your whole mouse. Table. And, and a right. keyboard as well, oh, right? Uh, keyboard, yeah. Mouse and keyboard. Yep. Uh one of the benefits is it won't get to move around yep. anymore. Yeah. Uh have you I think previously yeah, yeah, yeah. if you use like those uh, medium or small size mousepad yep. moves here and that. So it's not a good experience. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes like
2: halfway through gaming you have to pull it back.
4: Yes. Yeah, I hate it, it it have, it, I hate it when that I hate it when happens, yes. man. <laughs> Especially
2: yeah. when you're playing FPS games, and your muscle memory already tells you that like <laughs> yeah. this is how I place my hand, yeah. my my mouse. And I hate it when it starts to slip. Yeah, and man. then you feel you feel the edge of your mouse touching like outside of the,
4: yeah.
5: the, yeah. the zone of the <laughs> mouse pad.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the most favorable uh size is the long mm-hmm. and wide size, okay? But it also has uh one model, we call it the RG6H. Okay. Okay. Right. So that one is more emphasized on FPS game. Right. If you can see the size, right, goes for vertical. I see. Right. So why? Because when playing FPS game, right, you need to pull the recoil. Yeah. So it will be up and down vertically. I see. So that's why he, he make it more taller. I see. You have more rooms to control the recoil.
2: That's an interesting thought process. Man. Right. No, because like, when it comes to peripherals, everyone tend not to think much about it because a mouse is just a mouse. A keyboard yeah. is just a keyboard, you know? Yeah. And yeah. a mouse pad is just a mouse pad. Yeah. And when it comes to mouse pads specifically, a lot of people are just like, a mouse pad is there so that I won't scratch my mouse. Yeah. Or, or my, my mouse optical laser? Optical, what's that? Optical sensor. Optical sensor. Yes. Will, will be tracked, right? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, like what Dylan said, this uh, ROG Strix Edge, it's create it's designed vertically for you to have recoil control. Mm-hmm. And if you buy a mouse, you won't think about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's pretty cool, man. Yeah.
5: I guess you don't have to think about it because these people have thought about it. Yeah, I know. You know. And then you and then you look at when you consider buying a mouse, it's never occurred to me to think about whether the mouse pad will help me control my recoil. Yeah. But now that I know about it, I feel like it's something that I cannot unsee. Yeah. When I look at a mouse pad now, I'm like is my hand going to go above right. or, or below the mouse pad now that I'm shooting my gun? Yep. <laughs> mm. Okay. So,
4: so, one of the uh, most common users are looking for is size. Then the second one is the look, aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they keep on emphasise but they miss out the function. Right. Like, just now the vertically yeah. uh, taller size yeah. which is catered for FPS, FPS gaming. gaming. Yeah. yeah. So, end user will need to uh, look more details not right. just into size and aesthetic right. or the looks and that's all uh, like Kevin says some of the surface are smooth yeah. Yeah. some of the surface are rough control yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this one I cannot say smooth is better than control or vice personal versa personal preference la. personal preference okay
2: Let's let's bring the conversation to another topic that we have in hand, right? Yep. We covered mouse, we mm-hmm. covered mousepad. Now, let's talk about keyboards. Mm-hmm. Because keyboard is, I believe, one of the biggest market that you guys have as well, right? Yes. When it comes to keyboards, I think everyone goes for mechanical keyboard nowadays.
5: It's weird if I go to a friend's house and they're a PC gamer without a mechanical keyboard. Right? Yeah, it's, it's so, a little
2: weird. I will be questioning, are you? Are you yeah. Are you? Yeah, are, you, yeah, are, you yeah, are you fake, bro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you try to be someone who you're not, man.
4: So, I, I have a question for you. What makes a
2: keyboard mechanical?
4: When you heard the tata ra ra the clickety-clattery, so, the, click 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 click, the but, talky, swi- talky switch. Okay, <laughs> okay.
2: So, when it comes to mechanical keyboards, for example, there are switches, right? Like, uh, previously, we did mention about MX, Cherry Blue, Red, Green. Yes. Let's talk about the mechanical keyboard switches for ACES. If I'm not mistaken, you guys got the red switch and the blue switch. Can you go into details about these switches, for example?
4: Okay, RG RX optical switch is uh, proprietary made by ASUS itself. Okay, okay. So it's not uh the standard traditional Cherry MX plus sign. Mm. Right. Okay, so it has like features a, a square, right? A square design. Okay? okay, with the 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 anchor point is. Not on the center plus, but instead of that, it anchors on the four point of the each of the corners. Yes.
2: Let me get this straight. Mm. So for example, a standard keyboard, if you take out the keycap, you will normally see like the the plus sign, right? Yes. The yes. plus sign where, where you can clip your keycap onto the keyboard. Yep. But you're telling me that the ROG RX switch is instead of a plus symbol, mm. it's a four-point symbol on each corner of, of the keyboard.
4: Yes. Of, so, of the keycaps slot, sorry. Yes. So why why Asus done it is because to reduce the wobbling during right. the each of the key slot. E-
2: even for the 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 spacebar. Yes. The left shift. Yes. <laughs> All the buttons. All of it. No, I, I'm asking that because uh I I dislike it when okay because the keyboard that I'm u- using now, the space bar is very wobb. Wobbly, yeah, and I find that it's I'm only. I'm familiar with yeah, the keyboard that you're using. Yeah, right? it's 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 only it's only stabilized on the the offset of the middle side. Yeah, but if you're telling me there's a there's a there's a switch that focuses on the four points of the space bar, for example. Yeah. When I click it, I I won't I don't want to feel that wobbly. It ma- yeah. it, it makes the experience of typing and gaming.
6: Yeah.
2: Very
5: weird. Right, right. but right. I think I think. So when when you're talking specifically about the space bar, the space bar is the longest key mm. on the keyboard. Mm. Um, I would assume that it is the hardest key to eliminate wobbling. Yeah. Because it's so long. Yep. And I think what what Asus is doing with the four points is that instead of having the center of gravity dead center, where the left and right side of that key will wobble it instead has the center of gravity on all four corners yeah. so that it doesn't matter yeah. at which area you click the key, the
2: the entire switch is actuated. Yeah, it, it, it's stabilized. Yeah. Mm. Right? Uh, okay, we have a red, red switch and a blue switch. Yes. Right? Let's just say I like it clicky. Mm-hmm. Which one should I go for? Blue. 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 Then I'm assuming red is less clicky or no click at... No click at all. No click at all. So We call it
4: like linear. Linear yes. uh,
2: Linear and Swift, that's what it's called, right?
4: Uh, if I were mentioning about the red, yes. Linear, linear and, switch, and Swift, yes. Eww. If I were to compare it to the Cherry MX series of uh, switches, is it closer to brown or is it closer to their red? N- no, it's practically the same, red. Right, okay. Mm. Oh. But a more improved version of, the okay, of it. Okay.
2: Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, these two switches are the only one from Asus, right? Will ASUS come up with like more switches in the future?
4: Uh, Yes. ASUS has come up with another one. We call it like an X switch. Okay. Okay? So, it's basically using back the traditional plus sign. But ASUS made a little bit of tweaking with the actuation force and key slope feel. Okay. okay? For a more improved experience.
5: And what would be the flagship gaming keyboard from ROG? I know.
2: You know? Claymore 2, Oh, is it? That's right, Kevin. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I just took a guess. Mm. But yeah, I want to talk a bit about Claymore 2. Since it's your flagship, right? I actually did some research myself. And one of the coolest functions that I found about the Claymore 2 is that the detachable numpad. Yes. So is it a 60% or a 70%?
4: Keyboard? 80% TKL. 80% uh, with or without the numpad? I call it hybrid 100% and TKL. Okay,
2: 80%. Because you can take it out, right? Yes,
4: yes this is a very interesting feature that RG Claymore 2 has. Okay. Okay. In the market, there aren't a lot of models have this, Uh, keyboards have this kind of uh, detachable pad. Okay. Right. Instead of, uh, let's say example, uh, Kevin, I ask you, since you are, you, you play games as okay. well, right? Okay. Okay. You personally will go for the 100% or the 80% or I, 60%? Personally,
2: personally, I would go for a 60%. Because exactly, because I I play a lot of FPS game and and when it comes to FPS games you need a lot of space for yeah. your mouse movement yeah for your mouse movement right mm. and let's just say if I have a hundred percent for example that extra forty percent is intrusive <laughs> one and it takes away the mobility of me flicking the wrist right okay so yeah yes I I'm a TKL guy
5: hmm. I enjoy TKL um uh, keyboards is TKL sixty percent or eighty percent eighty percent
4: 80%. Okay,
5: so 60% is when you don't have the F keys, right? The function keys. I I do have the fu- I do I know the but the function keys. keys and the number and the number yeah. pad on the top yeah. is combined. Yep. So in 80% would be the the qwerty? Yes. The numbers? Yes. And the function keys? Yes. Okay. But without the,
2: the pad. Yeah, the yes. the numpad.
4: Yes. So, okay. So, yeah, just now, uh, Kevin mentioned that why he likes uh, 60%. Yep. Because he want more room for the mouse movement. Yep. Yep. Because he want to flex yep. during playing the FPS games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, example like, Claymore 2 is for those guys like, okay, today I want to play FPS game. I take it out, the numpad, 80%. Okay, but let's say tomorrow I want to play like...
2: Dota, for example. Dota. Or like MMO. You just or
4: GTA. You GTA. GTA. Mm. Ah, okay, so I need the in. numpad. Yeah, I just put it back in.
2: You know what's one thing I love about the the two? Where where is the numpad you usually at? On the right On side. On the right side. Yeah. The Rog Claymore two. You can, can be move both left and right. Uh, They're good,
5: right? So that means that your your WASD and then because you can still change weapons with the numpad, mm. right? Yeah. So you can go to one. Yeah. One mm. Inst- instead of like going instead of moving your hand up like that yep. just move your hand like that yep. okay that's interesting
2: mm.
4: I have a question Yeah.
2: can the numpad function independently without the rest of the keyboard or it needs the keyboard to, to, to it, needs
4: the keyboard. it needs the keyboard the keyboard, to... keyboard is the hub right yeah. so it
2: connects via uh, what
4: happens a mechanics. mechanics you can just slide in on it I see and yeah. then it connects oh. through like a
2: Sensor. A so 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 it's like yep. the Nintendo Switch lah. Yes, where where the controller can be slided in and out. Yes. Oh.
4: Practically practically almost the same mechanics. Oh
2: damn! Mm. If I go to my friend's house and I steal his his <laughs> numpad, so I can slide both the numpad onto my keyboard. Uh, I haven't tried before, it, but that then it becomes a hundred and forty percent keyboard. <laughs> Ja. Genius girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, or your keyboard <laughs> be this big, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or where's I,
5: the space for the mouse? Your mouse is on like a different table, bro. bro.
2: The keyboard is the mouse ready,
4: bro.
5: <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, mm. That's interesting.
4: To make it simple, Claymore 2 is like the hybrid solution, the right. best for both.
5: Disclaimer okay, I am an audio guy. I love audio. I say this time and time again. Okay. I'm, I'm so much of an audio guy that I love listening to my own voice. I know that very, very, very clearly. <laughs> it monitors very clearly. straight into my ear, Yep, whether I'm in the studio or whether I'm at home, Yep, right? And one of my favorite gaming peripherals are headsets. So the question that I've always had when it comes to like headphones for gaming, right? Yep. If I use, um, let's say, monitoring headphones, like a normal headphone, versus a gaming headphone what is the main difference
4: to make it simple, yeah one of the majority different is the sound profile right gaming headphone is more to the low end frequency right so we call it the bass okay yeah it, we will emphasize higher on the bass because you want to hear footsteps right yeah okay and all the grenades this and that yeah. while monitoring headphones will keep on you we'll try to make it uh like a flat a flat profile. Right. Because monitoring phone you want to hear what you speak. Right. Yeah, you don't want it to be like uh, more bassy. You don't want the voice you heard that more bassy or more higher pitch. Right.
5: So, So what you're saying is monitoring headphones give you a little bit more accurate to what is actually being presented versus gaming headphones has a sound profile that elevates the experience in game. Yes. Because of the low end and the high end ratio. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I, in my gaming lifetime, I've used a couple of headphones. Uh, some were gaming headphones. Some were hit, uh, some were headphones that are meant for monitoring. or meant for music, right? For the longest time, I've used headphones that were meant for music use. But I've used them across everything that I do. I uh, whether it's listening to music, watching movies, or playing video games, and I thought that that was the best that I could get until i actually started using a gaming headset that's when i realized when i listen to music it doesn't sound um it doesn't sound the way that uh, i usually i'm used to because of the headphones that i was using to, uh, that i was using previously the difference i realized was when i use it in game because i could hear literally footsteps coming from my left even though the headphone is not surround sound
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, like, personally, I believe that's a make or break when it comes to gaming. Right. Because when you play FPS games specifically and you can't hear footsteps, dude, there's no point playing. Yeah. There's really no point playing. Yeah. What's worse than not hearing footsteps is hearing footsteps that don't know where they're coming from. That's sometimes the game problem. I'm talking about Apex. (laughs)
5: I'm I'm talking about Apex. Okay. Then I want to bring the attention to um, a headset that I've read about and I've seen and super interested in which is the ROG Delta S. Talk to me a little bit, Dylan, about the Delta S. What makes it
2: unique? I have a hard question for him. Okay. okay. So, our Afik's question is, what makes it u- unique? My question is, why don't I have wireless?
5: <laughs> okay. I can answer that for you. Because it needs power.
4: For it to be powerful? Is that true? Um. Yes, one of it. One, one of the One results. of it. Okay. 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 So, why is does not have wireless? Mm. Okay. Good question. Thanks. Because LG uh, Delta S has a built-in deck to make it simple. Okay. A sound card. Mm.
2: So, yes. In, in the headphones itself? Mm. A sound processor. Okay. Mm.
4: Okay. So, let's say example. Okay. I plug into one of the PC that the sound card is not good. When you're using Delta S, it will help you to enhance the source let's say the, uh, the sound card is not good enough. Okay. You will have a lot of distortion. Right. Not bassy enough. Okay. okay. Volume okay. not not yep. not high enough. It's, right. it's not yeah. ideal, basically. Yeah. It's okay. not power enough. Okay. Yeah. Wow. If you're using Delta S, mm-hmm. it won't have this issue because okay. it has the DAC inside. Understood? So,
5: the Delta S is connected to the system via USB-C. Yes. And when audio is routed into the headphones, the sound is actually processed in the deck itself before it's pushed out to your ears, right?
4: Yes. So, it's basically you have a sound card inside the headset. Yeah, it's Mm. built-in sound. Mm. Right. So, just now, Kelvin's uh, question. Why not wireless? Yeah. Okay. Mostly, all of the wireless uh, connectivity right now are using the standard Bluetooth and 2.4 gig Wi-Fi receiver Receiver dongle. It's due to limitation. If you're using the wireless in, instead of wired, it won't get as high res or right. high fi.
5: In this modern day
4: of mm. technology,
5: mm. right? Is latency between wired and wireless still a thing to be considered or is mm. not as relevant anymore?
4: Uh so far I try a lot of Asus products myself. Mm-hmm. Nowadays technology is improved a lot already. For myself personally, I did not feel very ap- Variant latency. Right. Okay. But uh, sometimes I might face some interference because 2.4 is a very uh, common use bandwidth, yeah. Yeah. Right. which is uh, even Wi-Fi routers are using this. Okay. Right. So it might have some interference. I see. Uh, okay. So if you go for a wireless route, you sacrifice a little bit of latency and interference for portability.
5: Right, right. Uh, so and you a...
4: sacrifice a bit of uh, sound quality as well.
5: Right, the flagship gaming headset for ROG at the moment is the ROG Delta S. Yes, right. Yes. What's unique about the Delta S?
4: Okay, as I mentioned previously, is one of it. It has a built-in deck mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we, saw it, we call it a sound card, lah. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Then the second one, it also features one of the uh, ASUS own. AI powered noise canceling right. microphone. Okay. Don't be mistaken with previous one. We call the active noise cancellation. Okay. ANC. Okay. okay. A- so far, ANC.
5: ANC is noise cancellation of
4: the hearing. Hearing. Right. Yes. This, this is hearing.
5: AI noise canceling of the mic, which means that it's AI powered noise suppression through the mic.
4: Yes. Okay. So this one is on the mic. Okay. Right. After started of this uh pandemic issue, Asus has found out that a lot of people are going to work from home. Right. Zoom calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know Zoom that? call. Mm-hmm. This and that. And gamers also keep on facing this kind of uh issue right. during when you're gaming that time. Okay. So one of the pain point is um keyboard typing sound. Yeah. Right. Okay. Keyboard typing sound, mouse click, uh maybe the the, the fan blowing. Yeah. Okay. The wind noise. And, it, okay. and
2: and the AI power will automatically suppress all this noise.
4: Yes. So I think if you guys will experience this during gaming, yeah, yeah. your friend, you heard, yep. his fan is blowing yep. and the mechanical switch, yep. especially the mechanical <laughs> switch keep on. Yep. Or oh, their mother shouting
2: behind.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: hey, stable Neighbor dog barking. Uh, uh, which,
4: which we hear a lot. Which we hear a lot on Discord. And the exhaust, the car uh, exhaust, yeah, yeah. Uh, this and that. Yeah. Okay. With this technology, it will suppress all these uh, uh, background noises. Okay. Which is only... Uh, the, the other party can only hear your voice
2: okay. okay Yeah. can you tell me more a bit about the true to life gaming audio because it's it's one of the features here to make it simple right. lossless okay, okay. quality that, that, that makes a lot of sense that mm. makes a lot of sense. So, so basically everything that you see in game you will also hear from, yeah. from, from the game itself if yeah. I'm playing if I'm playing like a, a single player game like God of War for example mm. I can hear everything the wind the footstep yes. uh, my, my sword hitting the enemy yes damn Yes.
5: Okay. Ah. I think the priority based off of the conversation today that I've learned is ASUS prioritizes a lot of user customizability. It's way more accessible for peripherals to be customizable because a lot of the components in gaming peripherals can be proprietary.
2: Yes. When it comes to gaming peripherals, the software that runs the peripherals is more important than the peripherals itself. Right. Like like Dylan mentioned the Armory 2, right? right? Because a lot of gaming brands out there, they have their own software for you to customize uh, whatever mouse, keyboard, or or even mousepad that you have, right? A poorly built software mm-hmm. can really make or break the peripherals itself, yeah. right? Because I'm, I'm just looking at the Asus Armory 2 here. Right and and just looking at the mouse function, you can customize nine buttons, right? And you have your left button, your right button, the the, 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 the nine buttons for you yeah. to, to customize. And I mm. think that is really really important as well, especially when it comes to gaming, uh, mm. FPS games, mobile games, uh, MMO for for example, right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good.
4: One of the benefit is why go for branded peripherals Instead of uh, OEM brands Okay. Okay. uh, Off off brand Off brand Okay Okay. Uh, Those kind of brands Are very Their mouse Is very simple Plug and play Right But There aren't any software Or maybe Just very limited Presets That you can set One of it is like The DPI setting Right The Mm -hmm. mouse speed Maybe It gives you like Three to four Step Preset And Mm. and that's all Eight hundred, one thousand, thousand, two thousand, six.
2: For example, right. But with this yes. one,
5: can you set a custom? Yes, you can. Yes. I checked it out already. Nice.
4: Damn yeah. nice.
2: You can even change the RGB, the lights. Yeah. Very nice.
4: Yeah. So it's more. It offers more customizability. Custom- yep, right. yep. Okay. Uh, for using a branded uh peripherals. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then the second of it is like uh, the after sales support. For the warranty, you will get more, uh, like, more confident in yeah. using this. Right. If
2: I buy the ROG Claymore 2, I'm just going to claim that my numpet rosa, Then they're going to give me another one.
4: Then I have so two numpet. Very nice. Ah. Nah, you they... cannot, cannot do that, Kevin. You, <laughs> <to return> <laughs> <But laughs> you need to return back. What two You need to return back. You thought you could. I thought I could gain the system. Yeah, I
2: thought I could gain the system. but Apparently not. <laughs> the system gave me back, bro.
5: Yeah. Anyways, okay. Yeah. So, before we close this out, Dylan, is there anything else um, about, you know, across gaming peripherals for
4: ROG that you'd like to highlight? Sure. Um, one of it I would like to uh, emphasize which is ASUS always emphasize right. is uh, the Aura Sync. Right. Okay. Aura Sync basically is the synchronized lighting effect across all of the asus rog's uh, products right okay. okay so asus has the most uh complete ecosystem for pc or, or pc pc uh, gaming okay, okay? so we're talking about not just only the mouse keyboard headset but also the motherboard right. graphic card the, the 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 notebook as well right. or monitor so you can sync all the lighting right through the Armory um, so, Crate so software.
2: So, you're telling me if I if I like the colour green, for example, mm. right? or like blue, for example, like red, for example, I can set it and it will sync my keyboard, my mouse, my motherboard, all together. Yeah. All into yeah. one colour. If all. you have yes. a full ROG setup,
5: you'll be you... able to sync everything yes. from
2: the single app.
4: Yes. Damn, man. Complete ecosystem. Okay. This is what uh, Asus has been keep on uh, Hi- highlighting, highlighting. Okay. Right. yeah, the the whole ecosystem. And, and you know why? Because more RGB means more frames. Yes. More RGB,
5: more better. <laughs> more RGB means more wins. More champion. I, I, I agree so. You know why? Why? Yeah? Because your confidence level goes up. And then? When your confidence level goes up, you just perform better. And then? And then you win. Nice. And then you feel good about yourself. Nice. So, it's a good plus point. More
2: RGB, more better.
5: More RGB, better
2: better. gaming experience. More more better. Yeah.
5: Before we end this episode, we want to let you guys
2: know about our epic giveaway, where you stand a chance to win what, Kel? The Tough Gaming H3 headphones, Tough Gaming capture card, Asus C3 webcam, and the Asus iMic. And if you're wondering how to win, it's very simple. All you have to do is follow
5: Epic Arcade Pod and Asus ROG Malaysia on Instagram, Download, listen, and screenshot all four episodes while you're listening to them. Post it on your Instagram and hashtag EpicAcesGiveaway, tag three friends. And that's it. Giveaway starts 5th of November, and the closing date for all giveaway entries will be on the 18th of November, and we'll be announcing the epic winner of our epic giveaway on the 19th of November. We have been your video game best friends, and until then, those keys aren't clicking themselves, so get busy.
3: That wraps up another episode of the Epic Arcade Podcast. Epic Arcade is made possible by the Renegade Radio Network.
7: Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
8: Radio presents...
7: Previously on Mystery Down Under. Jono. Eric. Uh, I'm going to grab his chair. I'm going to throw it at the fucking window.
9: Why is there a woman in the in the glass? Kate Thompson. Kate's oh. daughter.
10: Eric will get close to the glass.
3: Kate presses the middle of her forehead where Real's mouth would be. It's, it's going, going to be going. okay. I won't ever let him hurt you.
7: The, the North Limited are sucking the lifeblood out of whatever lives below Warwick. One,
9: nine, two...
3: The wall itself starts to slide open. Dickie,
9: like, remembers that he saw a vision through one eye. Did you do
3: that? She nods her head.
10: We're getting you out of here.
3: Pointing at the, the red door. And he just
10: kind of throws himself at the door. It's
3: like someone went to the store and bought a brand new iron processing plant and brought it there, all nice and new and shiny.
7: It's like a never-used iron ore processing plant yeah. on the other side. Hmm. Devoid of people. Yep. So I I, I I, grab Eric by the shoulder to stop him falling into the space mm. if that's if it's a drop off the other side or does it just open onto no, a it, gantry? No, it,
3: it, it opens onto almost if you were exiting this officer's door. Right, yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you have the landing, you have by, the staircase. By
7: an opposite world. So yeah. We're in the fucking upside down now. <laughs> But like the nice, I don't pristine, know what you mean. <laughs> the pristine clean upside down. Jeez. We were in the upside down before. <laughs> That's the real world out there. I don't know something like that. Is that what you were thinking?
10: It's, it's basically what I'm thinking, which explains. You know what? I won't. <laughs> you won't. I won't. I won't say what I think. A because I might be completely wrong. But if, also, if I'm right, it would spoil surprise. I kind of oh. want you to well, write, it, write it down. Okay. Yes, yeah. you so got it
7: right. Yeah. So um, I think I think what I'm gonna do is say. Bloody hell. <laughs> yes, Ron? <laughs> but more Aussie, like an Aussie Ron.
3: Fucking hell. Fucking. <laughs> strike, strike a, a lie.
7: Strength. Or, holy dooly. There we go, that's the one. Dickie, what do you make of this? Huh? And he kind of looks over. We all stand at the doorway.
9: Uh, um, that shouldn't be there. Are you first, mate?
3: (laughs) Send the child. Only (laughs) joking. Come on, let's go. (laughs) So, you walk down the steps.
7: How's Jess? Is she okay? She can walk. She can.
3: Jess, yeah, she can walk fine. Not Jess. Kate. Uh, Kate. Kate. (laughs) Like
7: what happened to Jess?
3: (laughs) Look, her lungs aren't going to be great in a few years. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Kate is kind of wanting to stay behind.
9: No, no, no. Come with us. Hey, if you if you don't come with us, then Bill's going to come back at some point. We're getting out of here. We're taking you with us.
3: Bill is going to come back. We'll... She points at her hand.
7: We'll be long gone before then. We'll keep you safe. Come on. You can't stay in here.
3: Okay. Does anyone have <clears throat> something I can... Wrap my eye with.
10: Uh, Eric will take off his shirt and tear it into shreds and give I it to her. I have bandages.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he does first.
7: I'm like, you do, I'm like, I have, I have bandages.
9: Oh, he already gave it to her. Perfect. Him. Eric, uh,
7: <laughs> Eric does a. Oh yeah. <laughs> Has he already ripped it? Yeah. So yeah, is, yeah, it, yeah. is it? Is she hurt by light? Is that what's happening? No.
3: She she points at her bill is coming back. It's,
7: he can see through.
3: It's a mirror, or it's a. So it's a pathway, what that they did.
7: In your head.
3: He took my eye so he can see what I'm seeing. He knows you're here.
9: Well, then we need to go quicker. Let him come. We'll get the fucking bastard.
3: <sighs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> he's
9: going he's gonna to grab Kate's hand and yeah. try and like, drag her along with it. <laughs> oh, dicky. Okay, well, yeah, we'll cover the eye. be the, the death eye.
3: of us all. <laughs> Kate,
10: you're going to be okay. <sighs>
3: Thank you. It's my... Is my brother okay? Yeah.
10: Yeah, he's
9: good. He lost a surfing competition recently. Let's go.
3: <laughs> Dickie, I love <laughs> you. What a
9: good detail. So
3: you immediately kind of just start scarpering down the stairs.
7: Let's get to ground level in this other the yeah. other plant. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Meet
10: Faux Bill. Yep.
3: Yeah.
7: Yeah.
10: Is- is the, sorry, the, the design of this place, is it just... Is it exactly the same? Or it's exactly
3: the same. So there's no
10: colours inverted or anything like that. It's just a clean version of where we were. Yep. There's oh, no people, though. But there's no people. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh,
3: <laughs> so you run down. Are you just trying to get to the ground floor?
7: Yep.
10: I want
3: to see what's outside
7: of the plant.
3: You see a kind of big, almost like saloon door thing that would exit out. They're bright red.
7: <laughs> like two pair of swinging doors. Yeah.
3: As you get down to the ground level, you can look up. You see all the staircases, all the steel machinery, machinery all the conveyor belts. The yep, nothing moving, nothing going, well, all being, blank.
8: Being
7: protective, I'm going to go out those doors first to, to be in front of whatever is out there. Maybe it's a pristine, unused earth. Yeah, i just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's my child logic at work. Yeah.
10: Phil looked to me as if I have the you answers. You
7: have all the answers. <laughs> Chris, you said you have all the answers. I, I have, I've played
10: enough role-playing games to know that I have tropes. Mm. Yes, That's all I've got, but I have so enough of them.
3: You force open the door. You don't immediately go outside. It's another steel room. But what you do see are several large glowing rocks, tubes running from them they're all fed into various bits of beeping machinery
7: how does brianna that's
9: was my next question yeah the
3: one the the one thing that you turn your eye to in the center is the form of brianna in opal <gasps> and tubes that are shackled to a slumbering beast by her feet both of them restrained and tied up with various things that seem to—it's almost like she's a battery. The amount of wires that are coming from her. I'm gonna say
7: Stop that. Stop pulling shit.
3: <laughs>
9: I'm gonna say that he doesn't even see the the sleeping creature or whatever. He's just gonna go, Brianna, and like rushes right up to her and tries to like see if there's a way to undo her restraints or, like, he'll just start, like, fucking pulling. Mm-hmm. Like, Brianna's the beeline to what he can see.
3: Yeah, you're not it's not it's more delicate than you think Yeah. So I might need a brains
10: Okay, okay.
7: Hey. I'll help, I'll help
3: oh, I don't Oh. reckon I'll need it eight.
10: Watch <laughs> Watch him roll a, roll a one now. Hubris no, now that I've said that, it'll be like a 20. Eight.
3: Eight, and motherfucker!
7: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep my fucking adversity tokens.
3: I'm trying to fail so
7: I get
9: another adversity token. I can't. can't
3: fail. You kind of begin the, the process of pulling out these wires from Brianna and her crystalline form. As this, It's almost like a, a wolf. <laughs>
7: Does it look like something real might turn into if we kept feeding it?
9: I think Dickie will look at this creature, turn around to you and be
7: like, Leviathan. Oh, shit. What if there's like a turbo size one of these underneath? Warawirin. Like a fully grown one.
9: Mm. Mm. Like fucking the giant bat that lives under Gotham City. Never mind. Anyway.
7: Anyway. (laughs) You mean man bat? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What about all these other tubes and things and the rocks? Can they be freed? Oh, wait, let's finish with Brianna yeah. First. sorry.
3: Yeah, you, you can't see the form of a person in those rocks.
7: I figured they were like the pebbles that... Briel came out of, that they were like yes, eggs?
3: Possibly. Like they have
7: more creatures in them if maybe? You,
3: you can probably start going to yeah. work yeah, on yeah, them too. you can go too. to I
7: deal with Brianna. I, I, I figure all of the opals, the rocks, those creatures, the things, they're all alive, right? And they can, or they can at least combine with living things to become alive. Mm-hmm. That's, what they my, were tra- that's my theory. That's what they were trying to do.
9: They were yeah. trying, They found out that this was a, a a thing, a sort of object that can combine or can
7: you can make living things. Things out things of it, mm. or combine it with living things, yeah. Like
3: some sort of form of alchemy, yeah. It's like a
7: proto-life, or yeah. like in a like sea life.
3: monkey packet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sh- a cosmic sea monkey yeah. packet. It's grade all <laughs> is, the way down. To use down. a metaphor that I like better, there's uh, something more poetic.
9: Is Brianna like? Yeah, let's Brianna. While yeah. Or is she still like kind of asleep, dead to the world?
3: It seems like she's in a trance, yeah. and that. Every time you yank a, a, a wire out, there is a kind of movement from her. But, I mean, she's also kind of made out of stone at this yeah.
9: point. He's going <laughs> to keep trying to take the wires out all the while, Like almost like as he's taking out one wire with one hand, he'll be like kind of shaking her with the other.
3: Brianna! Brianna, wake up! Wake up! Um, And Kate kind of goes to the, the monster, this lupine creature with... Strange bristles. It's like a reptilian underwater wolf.
10: So it's about wolf size? Yes. Okay.
7: Big.
3: Yeah. And in shape too, but, but with, instead of fur, it's spines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sleeps, and she's, she goes to kind of gingerly touch it and try and shake it. But it, it remains asleep, just and, as Brianna does.
7: What does Briel do through all this? Does it react to the 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 large rocks or the other creature, yeah, or what it, we're doing. It or...
3: sees the the creature, and and like Kate tries to. It it goes to it as if uh, you know uh, a dog meeting another dog. Would. Yes, uh, uh, a fellow meeting its own kin. Kind of nuzzles it, and tries to sniff it. <laughs> hmm. And then it also begins to skitter around, chasing a scent of something.
7: What is it, boy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Timmy's fallen down the well. It, it kind of bounds back th- out through those doors.
7: Okay, well, what... uh,
10: Eric chases after her. Yeah, yeah. You guys go. I'm sticking yeah, with Brianna. You,
7: you, you get her freed, yeah. and we will make sure we don't get shot. <laughs> We're going to get shot.
3: Right. (laughs) And um, you do see the form of someone very familiar. Oh, yeah. In a pristine brown suit, proper loafers, his greying hair slicked back to his face. There's this rat like nose twitches side to side.
7: His eye, I just put that together.
3: <laughs> just put
7: that together that he has the fake eye that's linked to Kate's eye. Sorry to interrupt your speech. Who has the fake eye? Sorry, <laughs> Wooly. Are you
0: joking me?
7: Are you kidding me? We have inverse brain stats as players.
6: <laughs> yeah.
7: Wooly has a fake eye. It's one of the main rumours about him. Where, mm. How did he get the fake Jesus eye? Fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Some say a magpie took it. Some, some say, say he lost it in a fight. Some say it's been replaced
9: some by a magic opal. No, I'm just realizing the next time eye. Chris says some fucking dumb shit, I'm going to like round on him so fucking fast.
3: I have just because you figured it all out. I have made I a dearth of NPCs, of I will say. <laughs>
7: like I just put it together. So
3: <laughs> Also, I've, I may have shot myself in the foot that we've got Bill Woolley and Ben Dooley. Yeah, I
7: was yeah. talking about that <laughs> oh, earlier
9: Oh, sorry, today.
3: Bob Dooley. But, fuck me. Yeah, you go. Bob, Bill.
7: There's <sighs> another Bill as well.
3: Yeah. Who's that? Bill Smith. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, uh, tra- I'm cancelling this podcast. Everyone's named Briel now.
7: <laughs> yes. I'm gonna before you, evil
3: bastard! Oh, those are very strong words, Mister Jono. Not fucking strong enough, really. And you don't even understand all of that's what all that is happening here.
7: I understand that it's fucking wrong. Hmm. It goes PG thirteen, guys. <laughs> we lost
10: would that. second second trade? We said,
3: Cunt. Would you trade the life of one for the life of a whole town? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eric. It's a very good answer, Eric. I knew that you were smarter than everything that they said. I knew that you had a lot of promise. Unfortunately, the test didn't go in your favour. You really want to know everything that's happening here?
10: No. (laughs) Eric brings his hand to the back of his neck. Oh.
7: Sean's putting some things together. <laughs> do
10: you remember
9: in episode the 21st zero, of September? when I said that I fucked up a test from one of you by ah! swapping <laughs> the tests
7: over?
3: <laughs> I, I do. I saved Eric.
7: <laughs> keep talking, Wooly. It means the longer you keep talking, the longer you have before I punch your lights out.
3: Oh, Always loyal, Jono. If only you could utilise that to do something actually helpful for this town.
7: And what have you done? Me? Apart from from torturing the students you're supposed to look after.
3: Dear boy, I'm saving this town.
7: From what? Come with me. No.
3: <laughs> Why <laughs> the
7: hell should we come with you?
9: Let him monologue so I can free Brianna. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but he
7: was like, come with me. You step s- into this vat of acid while I tell you my nefarious... <laughs> sp- okay, Eric's no worries. Eric's like, okay.
10: I, I think I did quite like the idea of Eric just being like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and right. um, and Jono being putting a hand on his shoulder and be like, no, no. Don't
7: no. <laughs>
10: Stop.
3: He strides clos- across the work floor.
7: Can I see what's happening behind us? Like, can I glance back and see how far they've? Are we they in are a different? To... Are we in a different room? Entirely, well, we just open or? the doors. Yeah, right?
3: the, you're in a different room, but yeah. the yeah, the doors are open. You can look behind you. Yeah, see all this.
7: So he can see that they're trying to free Brianna behind us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he knows that I'm vamping for. Time. Well, I guess also
9: he. Well, he can see through. Um, what's her face, Kate? Kate yeah. As well. yeah. Uh, yeah.
6: yeah, yeah,
3: that's
10: true. He's fully in control of the situation. Yeah,
9: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so he strides across the work floor, exiting out into the mines.
7: Uh, uh, Eric pursues. Yep. Uh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to protect Eric, so I have to follow. I, I, I. Bye. Sweet. <laughs> 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 see you later, Dicky. Look after Kate and Jess for us. Bye. What? <laughs> right? What's going on? Oh,
3: but Wooly's here. Shit. We're
7: gonna put an end to this. Get Get Brianna out of there,
3: Dicky. Okay, let's just try what we can to to get her out.
9: Okay. Fuck. Okay. Um, <sighs> he'll start like trying to also see if he can. You know, what, now that he's like started pulling a lot of the wires away, he's also going to start kind of focusing on the contraption in total and see if he can like get a bit of a handle on mm-hmm. what this thing is and maybe if there's a way to stop it or mm-hmm. reverse it mm-hmm. or do something that can kind of counter the process that's happening.
3: Fantastic. Uh, Briel is with Dickie's who? smart.
9: Sean's fucking not.
7: Briel sniffed what? out Woolly, so Briel's with us.
3: Mm. Uh, Briel's
9: yeah. with you guys. Yeah, Protecting of us yep. from
7: him.
3: Yeah.
9: Three and yeah.
7: three.
3: He kind of yeah. If if you guys are walking in a triangle, he's kind of like always maintaining equal distance between John O and Eric. You know his his friends. Yay! <laughs> Yay!
7: How many of these we got left? Three psychic tokens.
3: <laughs> Breel,
7: have you have a uh, previously undiscovered ability to melt people's brains? You can set mm-hmm. them on fire. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, is fire not good enough fire is pretty him? good,
7: actually, yeah.
9: <laughs> and, fire um, is quite good. And
3: technology.
9: I've got Dooley's lighter. So. I was going to say, do any of you smoke? <laughs> it's not Dooley's lighter.
3: <laughs> oh, Jess, <God>. is, Jess. <laughs> Jess oh, is smoking all five cigars <laughs> at once. Oh, as, that's right, you took cigars. As Dickie is trying to like... Hen- like a hand over wires or whatever yeah. and um, like explaining like...
9: <laughs> so this one goes into here. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. Which is probably a process that's <laughs> to do with the which means that over here... She's got a motherfucking
3: pan pipe going on over yeah. there. would <laughs> be, I reckon... And we cut to Jono and Eric okay. and Wooly. It's motioning. Come along. Spit spot and he opens the doors
7: Will you be ready to to
3: exit him? the mine bastard okay and what? He, he holds the door open for both of you
7: eric walks through
3: good lad Jono, you're coming why am i just
7: attack him right now
9: <laughs> Do whatever you want, man. Look, dude, I'm assuming one of us is dying on this game, so it's really it's a matter of time.
7: But I also really want to know what's happening. So I really <laughs> want to see what he's gonna show us. What's
10: your defining characteristics? What what are some of your uh your uh motive uh not motivation, some of your flaws or
7: some of your, your I'm traits.
10: stubborn
3: and restless. Okay. Yeah, but what about your character? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
7: And I'm loyal, protective, and rebellious. (laughs) Well, be loyal to Eric and protect him. Okay, I'm going to go with Eric to protect him.
3: Nice. And Briel follows... I'm
7: watching you, you snake.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I like the fire in you, Jono. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And you exit out the doors and you see the mines, Mm -hmm. the mining site. Pristine, clean... Devoid of ugly earthen deposits, but also if you look down into the kind of concave area of the dig site, you see a huge beast. Curls in the fetal position, and similarly to the one attached to Brianna, covered in wires and The drill placed precariously over its sleeping head. This one is not sleeping. It seems to be subdued in pain as you hear low rumbles.
7: What are you doing to it?
3: I'm keeping the town alive.
7: By hurting this creature?
3: Do you know the one big flaw about Warawirin? It's an iron-mining town with no bloody iron. All of it was tapped out years ago. What were we to do? Uproot everything?
7: Well, yeah, you could move. It doesn't seem worth this.
3: People have their homes here, Jono. Their lives. Your sister and your father reside here. And we've made happy communities. Thriving communities where people are safe. Safer than they are in the big cities. Where you have to worry about crime and undue influence and the war. We've saved you. We've protected you. But we needed another source. That's all. To keep it going.
10: And so the creatures make iron?
3: They... If I was to describe to you Warawirin as a tissue... They're able to make tears so that things can come through.
7: Come through from where?
3: (laughs) Well, dear boy, where do you think we are now? Look up at the sky. (gasps) And you see the sky. So strange that you didn't think to look up, but why would you? It's a purple, blue, green, almost Northern Lights-esque landscape that pulls and spins and twirls and twists, dazzling and incomprehensible.
10: Where are we, Mr Woolley?
3: Well, science is a bit ahead of us, boy, but uh, I like to think of it as a mirror. This had what we were lacking, and so we took it.
7: Just really glad you didn't take a piece of paper and fold it in half and put a pencil
10: in it. Yeah,
3: look.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Really glad you didn't do that. Thank
3: you. I, um,
10: I also wrote um, extracting iron ore from Altland, uh,
7: which mm. is yes, from an alternate dimension. Yes, yes. yes. Right. Um, which is
10: which is what I which I what I picked, and, and I'm six pretty, one happy. Six. pretty happy. Chris wins the, that. Dingo. the dingo. The dingo. Bingo. That's, that's what, what we that's call. Australian <laughs> that's Australian bingo. That's what
3: we call. Yeah, bingo here yeah. in Australia.
7: But what about Brianna? What about Kate? Why have you done this to them? Just for some iron ore?
3: Iron is what keeps the town alive. And they would have been happy had they not tried to resist it. The beasts, they seem to have a fondness for young children, teenagers. And why not? They're the lifeblood of Warawirin. We thought we could make strong connections so that we could forge a new future together.
7: You're using kids' minds to enslave these creatures.
10: And then poke holes in the world so you can drill iron between the worlds?
7: And that's to keep us safe. That sounds really safe, Woolly.
3: <sighs> I really thought that you would understand.
7: I think I do,
10: but I think you got something wrong. You said that iron ore is the lifeblood of the town. Yeah, It's what keeps the town alive. Um, I think kids do, and he'll charge. Yeah! Yes! <laughs>
6: da, 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 da. <laughs>
3: We're going to flash back to Dickie and Jess in the control room with Brianna and the Opals. Oh, that's a cool band name. Anyway, sorry.
7: Brianna <laughs> <laughs> and the Opals.
3: <laughs> no one steal that. It's got right. Okay. Crystalline Dreams.
7: (laughs) And their uh, their album, Iron Off from the Other Side. So he's almost like starting to, like, he needs to, like, get
9: fucking into it. As if he's exploring inside a tree or going into a kind of a bushland. He's literally climbing on top of this, this machine, this thing, to really kind of get involved into it and see if he can... Figure out a way to reverse engineer this thing, the master fucking hacker that he is.
3: I'm going to need a brains from you.
9: I'm so glad you keep asking for brains. Me
3: too. Uh, I'm. It's going to be high. Bring it. <laughs> 16. <laughs> oh, fuck.
9: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I win either way.
2: 14. <laughs> Whoa,
3: Give me do you have two
10: adversity tokens?
9: No, I've only got one. Oh, and I'm no. not here to assist you. I'm not here to be but loyal. I also get what I want. I've got an two adversity, adversity tokens. tokens.
3: Ooh. You you kind of fiddle around with it. You're, you're climbing all over it. You can't quite seem to figure out. You have a you you have a sense of that there is almost like a wrench that you would need to kind of pull to reverse it. However, that is um, an auxiliary component. It, it's almost like a, a safety mechanism, right? So it's that not they, the main thing. Yeah, they put that in there so that they can twist it, but if they don't need it, it's not part of the machine. Does that make sense? Yeah.
9: Is is there any kind of spot that he can't get to? Like, it, does it go high? Like is, does it look mm. like there's
7: a... Uh
3: Yeah, there, there's not a really a hidden spot, but you know that if you could kind of somehow jimmy that little wrench... Thing, if you figure out a way to hold on to it somehow, grab it and twist it, you might be able to stop or reverse.
9: Dicky, mm, Dicky will like look around. he be like, J- Jess, help me. We need something that can that can latch onto that, and with a bit more force, almost like a like a like a lever system. Just something that can give us a bit more. My hands are small.
3: Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> uh, she kind of like begins. Looking, looking around the room, there's there's not much in here apart from the machinery itself. Uh, but she kind of runs out to the main floor, looking for you know um, tools off the wall, and she gets like a huge kind of she finds some bolt cutters. Yeah,
9: <laughs> massive alt universe bolt cutters.
3: Yeah. And she kind of brings him in and she's like, I don't know. It's the first thing I could find, okay? Well, just, just,
9: just chuck it on. Okay, we'll, fine, we'll, I will. We'll, we'll do it together.
3: I, I, yes, sure. Take. Let's, why not? Oh my god. <laughs> she, she like tries to clamp it in. Um, Diffie
9: will kind of like come over the top.
3: Now, this is a brawn roll.
9: <laughs> Dope.
3: <laughs> What's your brawn at?
9: D4. <laughs> Why well, he's asking Jess to help. He's yeah, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got little legs and little feet. Um, Big smooth brain. Can you <laughs> that makes can it you, fast? I can could you, really wish.
3: Can you roll that? It's gonna be Jess's roll, but I just wanna see if she gets any bonus from you.
9: Gotcha. Gotcha gotcha gotcha. That's a one! <laughs> that's mm. a one!
3: Well, the good thing is that she rolled an eleven. Well, that's great. <laughs> Um, Thanks. Sis. So she didn't really need you.
7: <laughs> I mean, I forget that their brother and sister they hated each other before this started. <laughs> we're, we're
9: we're learning and growing as it's the great. season yeah. progresses, it's perfect. <laughs> and we're going to exit having like a new appreciation for each other and our strengths. And and how they're we... going to be
3: sharing cigars, yeah, <laughs> and
9: not and traumatized I'll, by the event And I'll at all. get that drink.
3: <laughs> okay, so she kind of gets a bit of leverage. You're you're pushing to Dicky, but it really. Like, it it's the illusion really that I'm helping. <laughs> um, and she just.
9: Push harder! Uh,
3: shut up, Dickie! I... Uh, and she twists it <laughs> around. And you see the glow. This big machine. It's almost beginning to smoke.
9: I really hope we're turning it off and not turning it on.
3: As um, uh, light shoots back through the tubes into Brianna and the beast by her side and she begins to glow like phosphorus you need to, you need to shield your eyes that's how bright it is and she steps up her eyes red and the wolf <laughs> mm beginning to mm, shake itself and stand up.
9: Brianna? John looks so afraid right now.
3: <laughs> Dickie? Her voice is strange and echoey. Is that, is that you? you? Yeah, we didn't get to
9: finish that date. No. Oh, he knew
3: it was a date. <laughs> is Bill is here?
9: Uh... Think that's him
3: He's hurting us, Dickie
9: How do we stop him then?
3: I think it's my turn Okay <laughs> 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 And she kind of climbs onto this beast
9: Oh, fucking dope
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for this
9: Right, that I'm beast down for this battle. And she
3: offers a hand to you, Dickie
9: Dickie kind of, like, like,
7: throwing punches he, and they come out and fucking he
9: goes, <laughs> He goes to take her hand and then he, like, almost looks over at Jess and be like, can I?
3: Go Come on. And she kind of, like, pushes your butt up onto the... Like, I, I imagine it's the thing where it's, like, getting on the horse for a first time where it's, like, you're kind of on but you're not quiet and so Jess, the other way. Yeah, just, just kind of, like, elbows your butt on there. Yeah. <laughs> And she's going to hop on too. It's big enough. It's, a, it's wolf size.
9: Is Kate just going to chill with um, where she is?
3: Yeah, Kate is just kind of sitting slumped in the corner. She, she's not got a lot of energy.
9: And I think before they charge off, he'll like look back at Kate and say, Are they okay? You can see them, can't you?
3: <sighs> and she unwraps her, her head. Willy's with them. They're outside of the mine. You should go now. Okay. Bye. Roll to cast. Mystery Down Under is a Baby Beard media production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. And all our podcasts are on Spreaker, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash babybeard. Kids on bikes and all associated properties are trademark of Renegade Game Studios. Used with permission.
6: Radio Podcast. Spark shows for interesting people. Check
8: out all the shows at robotsradio.net.
1: In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stopped loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. Twenty-five years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a Voltbro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R, now streaming on your hollow tape player, podcasty thing.
6: If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
1: Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color.
8: Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and 4 hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River. It's the Friedman Fantasy Football
0: Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? He's no wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked a hot dog.
8: And now your host, Matthew Friedman.
0: Hello everyone, I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN network where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thank you for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. It is the weekly mailbag show where we cover your questions on fantasy, life, and everything in between. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of pasta, Titan of tomato sauce, Billy Joel Junkie, and long suffering Jess fan Tom. Let's get started. What is the first question in the mailbag? Question number one today is going to
8: come from. SCO 15 at Cedar O 15. He wants to know, do you still think Deshaun Watson plays this year? seems the last leak was a desperate attempt by Houston to find another trade partner. This one's a doozy.
0: Yeah. A couple of days ago, I put out this tweet. I'm not, I'm not a legal expert, but if I had to make a bet today, I'd bet that Deshaun Watson plays some games this year. Here's some context on the tweet. I'm thinking of this more in terms of expected value and less in terms of probabilities. I think it's about 50-50 that he plays. But who really knows? The league doesn't want to set the precedent of putting someone on the commissioner's exempt list when there hasn't been criminal action brought against a player. And in terms of having to negotiate with the players union, that makes sense. The union would fight really hard against Commissioner Roger Goodell as a matter of principle if you put someone on the exempt list who wasn't in fact being charged with a crime or who had not yet been charged with a crime. And it's worth remembering that so far, all of the legal action brought against Deshaun Watson has been civil, not criminal. And I forget who reported on this, but I remember reading during the summer from some legal expert that it was unlikely Watson would be charged officially before the end of the season and that his civil cases would probably not be settled before the end of the season. So to be clear, the reason Watson is not playing is partially because he doesn't want to play for the Texans and he's just getting paid not to play. Uh, Nice job if you can get it. Partially because the Texans want to avoid the PR disaster that would come from playing him. And partially because the league office, I imagine, has intimated to the Texans that if Watson plays, that would be bad for the sport as a whole, not just the Texans. So there there are a number of factors as to why Deshaun Watson hasn't played this year. But it seems likely that if a team does trade for him, they will probably play him. When desperate NFL owners, NFL decision makers do massively suboptimal things all the time, especially in the trade market. And I think that makes it very feasible. If it's not likely feasible that someone could trade for Deshaun Watson, could trade a number of first round picks for him, even though his legal situation has not been sorted out. So a Watson trade could happen. And if it happens, I think the team will want to start him because they will already be taking a massive PR hit just by trading for him. And if they do that, in their minds, you would think, all right, we're going to take the hit anyway. We might as well get the benefit of his on-field production because we're taking the hit. And the league probably won't be in a position to tell that team not to play Deshaun Watson. So if he plays, he's a quarterback one. We know this. He's a quarterback one, even in, in a new system, new wide receivers, new city, all of it. He's a quarterback one if he's on the field. If he isn't traded, you will find that out soon, and then you can drop him. So from an expected value perspective, it is worth betting that he plays if all you need to wager is a roster spot for a relatively short period of time.
8: That's a very pragmatic approach to the whole thing, and I definitely agree with everything that you're saying there. We, we will see. I think that everybody involved is trying to force Roger Goodell to make a decision this week so that teams know if they actually have any trade value with him. So hopefully we find that out before the deadline here.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll just say kind of like, that's the pragmatic view of this and like big picture kind of stepping back from this view. I understand like there are some people who don't like to roster certain players that they find to be morally repugnant. That's also fine. You know, like if that's the way that you like to play fantasy, go ahead and lean into that. I'm just thinking from like the fact of he is a fantasy asset when he's on the field.
8: Yeah, we're strictly looking at this from the football sense. Yeah. All right, question number two comes from literally a fish and he wants to know is Stefan Diggs a top five wide receiver or is his role share with Emmanuel Sanders too
0: real? I think he's still top five considering that he led the NFL last year. With 127 receptions, 1,535 yards receiving, with 10.4 targets per game, Diggs has been something of a forgotten player this year. And it's not as if he's played poorly. In every game this year, he's had at least 60 yards receiving. He has an incredibly high floor, and that's what comes with 58 targets in six games. But his ceiling this year has been rather low, and only one game has he had more than 90 yards receiving and he has just two touchdowns on the year. So if you look at the the superficial, big-picture statistics, I understand why the question exists, is Stefan Diggs a top-five wide receiver? Still, I'm not worried about Diggs. His underlying opportunities are even better this year than they were last year, or at a minimum, they are just as good. And I'm looking at average depth of target and air yards. Last year, he had 10.8. Average depth of target and 105.6 air yards per game. This year, he has a 12.4 A dot and 120 air yards per game. You know, big picture, Stefan Diggs is still, he's still doing the things. He's still getting the opportunities that he had last year and that can lead to a lot of fantasy success. He has, I say just, he has just eight yards per target this year and a 63.8% catch rate. Right With those numbers, he's underperforming his career marks of 8.7 yards per target and 69.8% catch rate, and specifically underperforming his 2020 marks of 9.2 yards per target and 76.5% completion rate. Now, last year, it's probable that that is the ceiling outcome, the ceiling performance that we would expect out of Stefan Diggs. But we should also expect that what he's doing right now through the first seven weeks of the season and just six games, that that is kind of like near the bottom end of what is reasonable to expect from him, given his career averages. So that I think he's going to benefit probably pretty soon from some positive regression. And that means to me, he's still a top five fantasy wide receiver.
8: All right. Question number three comes from Zach Barnes at the Zach Barnes on Twitter. And he has a very, very pressing question. What is the best tomato variety? And he says there is a correct answer.
0: Yeah, Tom, uh, I admire your restraint for not putting this number one. Uh, We both know that I have no answer to this question, but Tomothy, I'm assuming that you have an opinion on this. Give it to us. I mean, I have a reputation
8: to uphold now as the Titan of tomato sauce, Matt. So of course, I had to instantly go to the actual oracle, the, the source of all tomato-based knowledge, just to confirm what I already knew. The definitive answer to this question from my mother herself, San Marzano tomatoes. There's no, there, there's no equal. It is the best for sauce. It is the best tasting. It is the most versatile tomato. It is the king of tomatoes.
0: Can you describe what differentiates this type of tomato from some of your other types of tomatoes? It's all in the flavor.
8: It's the perfect balance of sweetness without being too sweet and just strikes that perfect, perfect balance that you need for a good tomato sauce.
0: Okay. Uh, Do you think of this type of tomato more as tomato sauce tomato or is this the kind that you could just sort of like cut up and just eat slices of this tomato with some cheese next to it, maybe some olive oil, whatever it is. However it is that you like to consume raw tomatoes, is this in that vein, or is this only tomato sauce tomatoes?
8: Um, I'm not much of a raw tomato guy, but yeah, this is is an elite tomato. It is the Tom Brady of tomatoes. You can use it anywhere.
0: Okay. I, I think you undercut your case a little bit for being the Titan of tomato sauce. Maybe you are only the Titan of tomato sauce and not the Titan of tomatoes.
8: Well, that um, is, that that, yeah. that is the branding that was, that was bestowed. I never claimed to be the all around tomato guy, but when it comes to sauce form,
0: I'm there. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get to the next question. here. <laughs> Adam
8: Kosky, at Dr. A Kos, Welcome back to the show, Adam. He wants to know who is your favorite quarterback streamer this week outside the top 12, not named Carson Wentz. Couple different
0: differentiators there. Yes. So outside the top 12, and it cannot be Carson Wentz. I have Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones in the top 12. Obviously great matchup against the Chiefs, but we can't talk about him because he's in the top 12. So outside of the top 12, I'm going with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Bridgewater has disappointed recently five interceptions in his past three games, but he's coming off of Thursday night football. So he has three extra days of rest and he's going against Washington, which has allowed a league high fantasy points two opposing quarterbacks. Bridgewater, I think, is always historically undervalued, 39 and 18 against the spread for his career. That is indicative of a quarterback that the market, whether it's betting, whether it's fantasy, the market just tends to undervalue. And actually this year, even with the interceptions he's recently thrown, he's actually number four for the season and combined expected points added and completion percentage over expectation. He's been throwing the ball much more aggressively downfield. He's actually been decent on a per attempt basis, and he gets Jerry Judy back this week. So I really like him. He's played better than people think, and then now he's got that great matchup. All
8: right, the next question here comes from David at Perfected, and he wants to know, do you think Calvin Ridley will pick it up as the season goes on, or are we just in for more disappointment?
0: I absolutely want Calvin Ridley on all of my fantasy team, Fantasy teams. He has 52 targets, five games. He's probably my favorite by low player right now. He has 5.4 yards per target this year. People are really disappointed, but that's just a five game sample. We have the much larger sample of his entire career. For his career, he has 8.8 yards per target. And in his three prior seasons, he has 9.3 yards per target. I think he is a massive positive regression candidate and people might have concerns about Matt Ryan, but after his horrible week one performance and the five games since then, he has a 69.4% completion rate. and has over just over 1500 yards passing. So a little over 300 yards passing per game. I don't think Matt Ryan is going to hold back Calvin Ridley. So I expect to see Ridley bounce back very soon. I'm, a trying, I'm trying to acquire him everywhere before this weekend because I think this could be the, the chance when he goes off.
8: All right, and piggybacking off of that question, you put out a Twitter poll earlier this week. So you're asking the question here on the mailbag, who would you rather have in Dynasty, Calvin Ridley or Mike Williams? The responses so far, seventy-five to twenty-five in favor of Calvin Ridley, with around thirteen hundred votes.
0: Okay, I thought that this would be a little bit closer. To be honest, Um, I did. I I did too. Yeah. So you know, I think what it indicates is that um, the market, the dynasty market, at least, still likes Calvin Ridley, although he's not as valuable in the trading market as he used to be. But the market is also really I don't want to say down, but sort of skeptical on Mike Williams uh, because it's a smaller sample. He was injured last week, and then he's coming off of body. So he's kind of been out of the consciousness of uh, fantasy fantasy fans for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I do think it's worth uh, looking at some of the responses uh, to the poll. Uh, Dalton Cates at Dalton Guru FF. Here's what he had to say. Same age one is tied to an elite quarterback. Mike Williams also is a straight up alpha who can win in every phase of the game. Give me big Mike. And then we had Tom McFadden say, even if they, even if they are both at the peak of their abilities, Ridley's long-term quarterback situation is far less stable. Williams is tied to a young stud quarterback and Herbert while Ridley has Ryan playing reasonably well now, but who knows what the situation will be in a year or two. And As I said, I think now is the time to try to buy low on Ridley, but I'm thinking, uh, I I think I'm higher on Mike Williams than the overall trading market is if this poll is any indication. So I guess that means I'm looking to acquire both of these guys. Williams has always had the talent, but he has been in a suboptimal offense up to this point in his career. And now he's got a well-rounded role in an offense that plays fast and an ascending quarterback. If we remove week six, when he played a you know, relatively reduced number of snaps because of the injury, Williams has 51 targets in five games. I mean, that's that's elite usage. He's He is being used the way a strong number one wide receiver would be used. And I think people look at Keenan Allen there as someone who is still siphoning targets away, and they think that Mike Williams has a cap ceiling. But if a guy is getting 10 targets per game, And he's being used all over the field, and he's being targeted in the end zone. Like, what more do you what more do you want? Like that, you would take that from any other wide receiver, regardless of whoever was around him getting targets. And he's practicing in full coming out of the bye. So the injury situation that he was facing in week six doesn't seem to be applicable now. I think there is much more comparability in intrinsic value between these two players than the market thinks. And that is not a knock at all on Ridley. I I know that Williams has a higher price now than he did before the season, but I think he's a buy high player based on the way that the market, or at least this poll has, has ranked the two of them.
8: I'm with you and Tom McFadden on that one. I I like Williams a little bit better just because of the fact that we don't know where Matt Ryan's going to be in two years. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. And Justin Herbert, 99, very, very strong chance that we have not even seen the best of Herbert and what Williams is going to be able to do with him in this offense.
0: Yeah, I think that's accurate. It is possible that Williams leaves in free agency. Maybe he gets the franchise tag this off season, but, uh, you know, there's always that possibility too, but I think he probably stays given the success that he's had.
8: And, and Herbert's on a rookie contract still. So you, you have the opportunity to sign yeah. guys like this. This is where you bring that talent in. Yep. All right. Question number seven comes from James at James underscore AG one. What do you think the future of daily fantasy content is? So many sites covering mostly the same bases, it's basically whose opinion or projections do you value more? As projections become more and more accurate, where is there room for talented content producers to break through?
0: This is a great question. For years, I coordinated content at a DFS site. So this is something I've thought about. Uh, and as you said, there's so much content. So what distinguishes worthwhile DFS content from the rest of it? Uh, I think there are a few factors. Um A lot of people can write or podcast, but few sites have really great tools, research tools, optimizers, tools that actually make a difference to your DFS performance, whether you're playing cash games or I'd say, especially if you're playing in tournaments. So if you are a site, you want to focus on tools and you want to have content that drives people towards your tools. And I'll just say, uh, you know, one of the reasons I left action, came to FTN, FTN has great tools. And so I'm proud of the fantasy and the DFS tools that we have at FTN. Uh, And we're always looking to build more, by the way. Uh, And if you're a content creator, I think you want to work with a site that has tools that can help you with your research and that you can leverage around your research. So tools, number one. Uh, Number two, I mean, this is sort of Uh, kind of vague and also obvious, but winning information, right? A lot of people have opinions, but ultimately long-term success in the market is the arbiter. Can you give fantasy advice or guidance or insight, however it is that you frame what it is that you say, can you give information that helps people win? And whether that's the projections that you have, whether it's the mindset uh, whether it's really having a, a strong sense of um, the, the GPP market in the way that uh, ownership is going to, to shake out in any given slate. Um, whatever it is, your information has to be, you know, quote unquote, winning. It has to be something that actually adds value. Uh, another thing, is your content easy to consume? And I'd say some of this is like, how does it look visually on a phone or on a computer screen? Um, can people get through it quickly? Another aspect of this is entertainment. Some people think that's important. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, I, I mean, some sites are fairly dry and they have a lot of success. Other sites lean more into the entertainment angle and they also have success. A balance between the two, like between education and entertainment, that's probably the way to go. But I think you just kind of have to think about how it is that entertainment factors into the overall, the overall scope of what it is that you want to accomplish. And then I would say finally, and this, this dovetails with winning information, but it's a little bit different. Um, is there a unique quality or aspect or knowledge that you have? Do you have some angle that other people don't have? Some perspective that people just can't find anywhere else? If you have that, then that obviously is a differentiator, uh, and it's it's a very marketable differentiator that helps people see very quickly what it is that they can get from you that they can't get from someone else. So those are the big picture thoughts I have about DFS content and what the future of it might look like. And if you are a content provider, content creator, what it is that you can do to give yourself an edge.
8: The next question up comes from Shane Rimplazo at Rimplazo Shane, he wants to know, should he be trading for Joe Mixon and give up, I'm guessing Elijah Mitchell and Jerry Judy?
0: Yes. Uh, I like this question a lot. When people ask trade questions, I normally respond with something like, whatever puts the most fantasy points into your starting lineup, that's probably what you want to do. And I still have that in mind here, but in a less obvious way. Right now, Judy probably isn't a starter for you. I mean, that's obvious he's been on IR. But when he returns, he he probably won't be in your starting lineup right away. But Mitchell is in your starting lineup. And if you trade Mitchell and Judy for Mixon, then you are upgrading one of your running back spots and you're giving up some wide receiver depth to make that happen on the surface. I like that idea, but the particulars of this trade, give me some pause. I like Mixon, but I also really like Elijah Mitchell. Like I like him a lot in his four games. Mitchell has a 63 to 14 edge in carries over all of the other 49ers running backs. And that includes the week one game he didn't start. That includes the week two game in which he suffered a shoulder injury. And that includes the week five game that was dominated on the ground by backup quarterback Trey Lance. So if not for the Lance game, in normal circumstances, Mitchell would maybe have like an 80 to 14 edge over all of the other running backs. By the end of the season, I could see him actually being in the same tier as Joe Mixon. And then that means, like, is this trade really even worth it? And Judy has tremendous upside. If he returns healthy, he could be a fantasy starter very soon. And Mixon, he's probably fine with his ankle, but he did lose significant carries last week to Samaje Ryan. So if you make the trade, I don't think you are making an obvious mistake, but I actually think I would prefer to have Mitchell and Judy Because I am high on Mitchell. I think he's much closer to Mixon than the rest of the market thinks. And Judy has a lot of upside as a guy right now who's on your bench, but who could elevate himself into your starting lineup.
8: All right. Honestly, a little bit of a spicy take there on Elijah Mitchell and Joe Mixon. But hey, the the spicy takes are what's going to set you apart from everybody else in the crowd.
0: Eh, There you go. There you go. Internalized answer number
8: eight. All right. Question number nine is coming from Sigmund Bloom at Sigmund Bloom. And he wants to know what would you ask your favorite football
0: player in an AMA? Okay. This is a great question. Uh, Sigmund Bloom asked this on uh, one of the AMAs maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, and by the way, shout out to Sigmund Bloom, a football guy, a great analyst in the industry, all around great person, uh, very, very open and generous with his time and with his insights. Um, the answer to Sigmund's question is, I don't know. I don't know what I would ask my favorite football player in an AMA, but here's how I'm thinking about the way I would try to come up with the questions I would ask. One, I don't know if I have a favorite player. I might have people I favor in different ways or for different things. So I would want to be sure to have the AMA with a football player who has the ability to communicate information and who has useful information to give so you know I I might be looking for a more cerebral football player instead of one who I I mean I don't want to like say someone who's a meathead but you get what I'm saying someone who's not as intellectually gifted Um, the second thing so you're asking Gronk very funny that's very funny Tom Uh, but yes Gronk was exactly the person I was thinking of what isn't useful is a fanboy question, like "How did it feel when you made the game-winning touchdown?" That is a pointless question because the answer is obvious. Uh, it felt really awesome, and the answer doesn't do me any good. Uh, what also isn't useful is a question about football. Now, this might seem kind of counterintuitive because, like, if you're talking to a football player and he's your favorite football player, you might want to ask him a question about football because that's that's something that he actually knows. Here's the thing: I don't know enough about football, like the X's and the O's of it to make sense of whatever high level expert answer this player gives me. Let's say I'm having a conversation with Tom Brady and he breaks down what's happening on a defense and why it is that he looked off the safety in this way. And like everything that Tom Brady could tell me about any given play, it would all go over my head. And maybe I would soak up a little bit of it. But it just would be a waste of both of our times for me to ask him that question. What question might be useful is something that has to do with life strategy, discipline, willpower, strength training, healthy living. Successful players are total subject matter experts when it comes to conquering themselves and managing themselves. So if I could get information from someone who is had success in that way, that actually might be worthwhile. And this might also seem counterintuitive, but it might be useful to talk with a player who is an expert in something else. So someone who is an expert in finance, in analytics, an expert at chess, Uh, get information from that player, (laughs) even though he's a football player, get information from that player on something other than football right? Something that he can talk about with true authority, right? Because if he's conquered football and he's also conquered something else, like that's just someone you want to spend time with talking about whatever it is that person would be willing to tell you because that guy, like he's just, he's got it. He like, he knows how to conquer whatever it is that he puts his mind to. So, I didn't really answer the question about what it is that I'd ask, but at least, you know, I'm putting out there how it is that I would start to think about who I would want to talk to and what the questions I would want to ask would actually be.
8: All right. Question number 10. Real quick. I think I kind of interpreted this as you get one question with somebody. And I don't think that I would want to go with my favorite player. I, uh, assuming they have to answer with full honesty, I want to talk to Malcolm Butler.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Why Malcolm Butler?
8: Because the only question I want to ask is why were you benched in the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. We that's will never know the answer unless we get like you have to sit him down. He's injected with truth serum. He has to tell you the truth. I want to know the answer to that question because the Belichick house is like the mafia. Nothing ever escapes. They keep their secrets. And they have kept that secret and we might never know what actually happened. And I feel like that's one of those rare things where if you could get the chance to actually find that out, you have to.
0: Okay. Well, if, I mean, we're going down the rabbit hole, assuming that someone actually has to answer honestly, then I think it's Brady. And it's like, Hey, did you know like the, the footballs? Did you know, like, what was your, what was your involvement? Like, I, well, give me give me the details of the operation i mean that oh, there's so many
8: questions i i don't even know if i'd ask about that i think i would just ask for the full belichick like breakdown of what that relationship was like and what like i want to know the whole story from day one to the very end what happened and what caused him to
0: leave so your question would be Tom, would you mind telling me the story of the past 20 years in as much detail as you can give completely like (laughs) you could write an entire but I hope Brady does write an entire real book on
8: all this one day these I I think if you're going with the if you're going with the they have to answer you honestly you have to ask something to somebody about the Patriots it's like the Temple of Doom you want to know what's inside but there's so many booby traps
0: I I think that's fair. I would just assume that um, since we live in the real world, they're not going to answer stuff like that. So,
8: you know. But it would be so great if they did.
0: Well, yes, that would be great. What would also be great, Tom, is if we get to our last question.
8: Yes. Our last question here comes from TW20 at Blue Devils 18. And he wants to know, is Derrick Henry a top 10 running back all time?
0: Yes. So to that question, uh, I said Derrick Henry is not yet a top 10 all time back. We need to see a few more strong seasons for him to crack the top 10. But I'm impressed by his career so far in all time rankings. I have him around number 25, right below Dearness Johnson. Uh, obviously, this was tweeted out <laughs> in the wake of Dearness Johnson dominating on Thursday Night Football last week. Um, my real I, I'm using air quotes here my quote unquote real top 10 uh, for running backs. And by the way I'll just say I spent an enormous time putting this list together uh, at least five minutes, probably more like six. So my top 10 all-time NFL running backs Jim Brown I, he's the original. I, I, like I, I don't think I think he could play now like with the, so the weight training, whatever it is. If you just take him from the 1960s and put him in now, he's still one of the best running backs in the league.
8: And and amazingly, football wasn't even his best
0: sport. He was a better lacrosse player. Yes, that guy was amazing. So Jim Brown retired early, still had the rushing record for years. And this was in a 14-game season. Imagine if he'd had the benefit of 16 games. Anyway. He, he's the best. He's the best. I think hands down, he's the best. Barry Sanders, number two, played behind uh, you know, a subpar offensive line for the majority of his career. He was just a walking highlight reel. Walter Payton, just have to give respect to Payton for ultimately breaking Jim Brown's record. Uh, a great all-around player for years. Emmitt Smith, I have number four. I feel like I have to have Smith in the top five. Uh, Smith is as the record holder, uh, you know, one of the key players on a a three-time Super Bowl winning team. Um, You know, I I don't have him number one. Some people, especially Cowboys fans, would have him number one. I can't go that far. I have to acknowledge the greatness of the other players. But Emmitt Smith certainly must be in the top four. uh, Sorry, the top five. Number five. This is where you could go a number of ways. I have LaDainian Tomlinson number five. Um, in part, because I think he is one of the best all around running backs that we've had in terms of his ability as a receiver and his ability as a runner. He broke you know, several records. Um, I don't know. I, I think that just, and I'll just say there's a little bit of a homerism pick here. All right. I went to TCU. All right. We got this right up here. The horn frog bobblehead. I don't know. I just, I have to go with Ladanian Tomlinson, number five. Gale Sayers is sort of like the Sandy Koufax of running backs in NFL history. Fantastic career, cut short, but I mean, if he had just extended that for another six years, might be the greatest running back of all time. Marshall Falk, um, you know, I think of him as sort of the lesser Ladanian Tomlinson. Better as a receiver, not as good as a runner. Incredible all-around player. That's why I have him number seven ahead of number eight, Adrian Peterson. Peterson, one of the best pure runners we've ever had. I think Falk is a little bit ahead of him because of what he could do as a receiver. Played fewer seasons. Still had more overall yards from scrimmage because of his receiving ability. Number nine. Number ten. Eric Dickerson. Tony Dorsett. Went with some guys kind of from the older generation. A ton of respect for both of them. I just didn't feel that they belonged above LT, Sayers, Falk, and Peterson. So that is the highly subjective list. I will say, I mean, of course, I'm the one who created it. I think it's a pretty good list. It was at least done in a very plus EV way. And that it literally took me five minutes to come up with the list. I could spend five hours on the list. And it would be probably <laughs> probably pretty similar to the way this list looks now at the end of it. And so I was like, what would be the point? So anyway, this is my totally subjective top 10. It's a quality list. I
8: especially love your choice at number one. The only guy that I might try and throw up in my top 10. Uh, Can I guess? Yeah. Curtis Martin. Oh, all right. There are two guys that I should throw in my top 10 because Curtis Martin was an
0: all-time beast. Yeah, okay. Who's the other one? Who's the one you were thinking of? Floyd Little. Can you really put him in the top 10? Uh,
8: Maybe not, but I'm tremendously biased. I mean, he was a Hall of Fame running back. He was fantastic. And also, holy cow, that run that Syracuse had at the running back position from Jim Brown to Ernie Davis to Floyd Little. Yeah. Like, yes, I might be taking his college career a little too much into account there, but... What a killer run of fronting backs that was!
0: Yeah, I mean, little little was great. I don't know. I just I don't think he had a long enough of, of a career, and I don't think like the peaks were as high as I would want, or like as sustained as I would want. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my brain starts to get to the point of okay, if I'm thinking of Floyd Little, at that point I just jump and I'm like, what about Jim Thorpe? Like, why why, oh, yeah. don't, why don't I? You know, Jim so Thorpe's it's, an
8: all-time athlete.
0: Yeah. You know, but it's like, I don't know if he's a top 10 guy. So like, this is a very kind of statistically driven top 10 versus like some of the a little more subjective feel of like, this guy was a hall of famer important in the game for his era. He belongs Mm -hmm. in the top 10.
8: That's fair. And again, for a list you made in five minutes, I think you were
0: incredibly thorough.
8: Yeah. All right, Tom, let's get
0: to the end of it here.
8: Yes, let's do just that. Where can everybody find all of the great content you're putting out each and every day?
0: You can find the work at FTN Network on Friday. I publish the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday, the best bets article, which is live right now. On Tuesday, I publish the fantasy rankings, which I update on Thursday. About to update those right after this show, update them again on Saturday and Sunday, all throughout the week. In the FTN best tracker, I'm putting in my NFL sides, totals, and player props on Twitter on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN. You can get daily episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next.
1: Imagine traveling to a city like Los Angeles or New York. Before you even arrive at your Citizen M hotel, you're able to check in and open a tab on your phone. You walk into a lobby that's kind of like a living room filled with provocative art and cozy seating. Then you head up to your room with this giant bed and window to match as you sip the perfect latte ordered from your Citizen M app. See why Citizen M is a new way to hotel at citizenm.com. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town is the essence of evil and evil dies tonight
5: halloween kills rated r under 17 not admitted without parent in theaters and streaming only on
6: peacock now if you enjoyed this
10: episode please leave us a review on itunes